Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast. Today is episode Master Chief, which is just another way of saying it is episode 117, and I'm happy to be here for that. This is your go-to place for a weekly space podcast, space game podcast stuff, where we talk about mostly Star Citizen. Today is Star Citizen, but you know, we, we travel, we explore every once in a while. But today I've brought on uh, Captain... Captain Cargo, Mr. Fancy Landings himself, Jack Axton, been on here a couple times, but happy to have you back on for a good talk, dude. How you doing? Not too bad, Tomato. Not too bad at all. Thank you for having me once again. It is always a pleasure to be here. I gotta say, if I'm gonna be anywhere, this is the uh, this is definitely the place to talk stuff. You know. Well, yeah, it's been. Uh, when is the last time you were on? You were on here earlier this year, right? I, I want to say it was well. We were actually going to do one earlier this year, right? Um, was right there at I want to say end of December, January, and uh, I actually ended up catching the Rona, and uh, dude, that put me out for months. Yeah. So okay. I think this is actually finally that uh, that rescheduling. Yeah, that's right. Because I wanted to do a talk with you about the overall cargo refactor with three eighteen and stuff. I don't think we had gotten a chance to meet back up after that was in. So. I guess that kind of that can fold into today's discussion because what we're really going to be talking about is 3.20, the hull C coming in, how cargo has kind of changed the update with the hull C or, or maybe how it hasn't. And we'll slide in a little bit of conversation about CitizenCon and, and future expectations as well. But uh, how have you been? How, how's life been treating you ever since the Rona? Man, I'm going to say it's, it's got a lot better, you know, no longer dying. Um, this is actually, you, you've caught me right in the middle of moving. I'm actually in a, uh, a new place now in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, instead of my little podunk town. So things are open after nine o'clock. I actually have a, a bigger studio area. Now, if I'm actually going to use that to do more things, that's, that's, probably, that's probably a lie, but at least I can tell myself that I'm going to. But uh, yeah, you know, things have been on the up and up. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually getting to be able to set up more stuff. And I, I apologize. I actually have a camera. I have been using said camera, but it's still in a box. So you, you, get, the, uh, you get the box icon one last time. <laughs> it's, the box is a, is a repeat favorite. I think people are stuck on the box at this point. I don't know, I don't know if you can make a comeback from it now. The box is Jack. You know, like I, I thought about making like a, a VTuber um, rig of just the box. Um, Where's the mouth? Would you? You know, I don't know. It would just kind of wiggle around sometimes. Okay. Like okay. that would be the beauty of it. Like it doesn't actually move because it's a box. I feel like I may have seen you around Star Citizen. Wiggling boxes moving around with uh, no apparent force on them. Sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly. Make the box my <laughs> make the box my background. We just green screen myself onto uh, your your box screen. Hey, uh, folks are saying that you are a little bit quiet. Could you possibly raise your gain at all while I'm yeah one second on my own? Sure, you blowing out blowing out my ears, but everybody needs it a little bit louder. You know how it is. And um, while Jack is taking care of that, 
I already kind of went over what we'll be talking about today. Basically, just really getting an idea of how cargo hauling is going to work in the game with 3.20. We know that they are working towards getting physicalized cargo and things to work a little bit better in terms of the cargo decks and the new tractor beam functionality and even cargo missions that they've been introducing us to and like the progress tracker and stuff. But people still want to know, is it worth doing right now as a profession? Mining is getting very good updates. Salvage is getting some good missions. Those are good professions to go into. Is cargo hauling still going to be something that people should be given a given a shot at? So what is your initial take on that so far? Well, first off, let's, I want to make sure this is okay. Hopefully I'm not blowing your ears out. Ah, that's um, okay. What are, what are my okay. ears matter? I mean, you know, you say that now. You're gonna you're gonna need those eventually, <laughs> yeah, but uh, hopefully that's all right. If the gain is still too low, I can raise it up again. I just wanted to do it in increments. Yeah, but okay. um, hopefully, hopefully that's okay. Uh, now, if you could repeat the question for me one more time. Yes, of course. So, where where is cargo? We're gonna go into detail about how we've gotten to where we are now. But where is cargo hauling sitting for you right now? After you've had a little bit of time in the PTU. On a shelf. No, um, it's okay. So the thing about cargo hauling in the PTU, as long as you're not touching a Hulsey, pretty much nothing else has changed except for the size of the boxes. Like it is, it is identical. As long as you don't move the boxes, you're not going to see a difference whatsoever. But if you have a Hulsey and you've been waiting on the Hulsey since it went for sale back in, 2015, I believe. Um, it's mm, it. It's rough. It needs some polishing. It needs it needs some work. Now again, it is a tier zero. I understand that it is a tier zero, so I'm not going to to rag on it as it is a is not a a completed thing. Things well, could still be changed. But when you say tier zero, do you mean the ship? Or, like, what do you mean exactly? Oh, the ship itself. Like, the, the design of the ship is fine. The hull sea itself is fine. But all the processes involved with with trading in the hull sea is it's kind of a mess, honestly. Were you surprised to see it come into the game in that state, considering how long we've been waiting for this new functionality past the first cargo... Uh... The first um, cargo refactor? Honestly, not really. Like, I'm going to give them a pass. I know I know, I sound very complaining. I'm going to give them a pass on it being messy because they had to do some new things for it. And sometimes you just kind of spitball and see what works. But um, I wasn't surprised. I was, I was a little hopeful, but when I saw it, it was like, eh, that's... To be expected. And to be fair, they did give us an inside star citizen that kind of outlined the process. They just didn't outline the entire process. I feel like I'm, I'm hearing your expectations having been lowered over years, <laughs> years of practice with an answer uh, like that. I mean, yeah, like there's OK, like if I if I can, there seems to be this disparity in the amount of hype and information we get on certain types of gameplay. Like, we get tons of information about combat gameplay. And admittedly, that works good on a trailer. Like, 
you know, guns and explosions are amazing to sell. Yeah, it's like but, when the promo pictures for your mining and cargo hauling vehicles have them engaging in a dogfight. Exactly. Like, I don't think there's been a single trailer for a patch that has not involved combat in every single scene. So, you know, I, I get it, like it sells. But it always seems like anything that is not combat kind of gets treated as like the unloved stepchild when it comes to getting any sort of hype or information because like you go on the forums and like, you know, you'll have like Yogi clad saying, Hey, I, by the way, in a new, in a new patch, the, you know, dispersal for the, for the Inferno is going from like point whatever to point four. Like we're getting exacting numbers and then trade, which has had several iterations hasn't received a single mention in a patch note since 3.6. Really? Like, y- you've watched all the patch notes and there's not been any mentions of... Trading? Every single patch note. I have gone through every single patch note since, like, all the major ones, since 3.6. That was the last one. And all it says is it just updated commodities. Like, now I, I get maybe they want you to go out and discover it, but it's a very, there's been a lot of changes since 3.6 that just never, ever get put into a patch note. And aside from 3. Point, you know, like our, our patch now mentioning that the whole C is added, I guarantee you it's not going to mention a single thing about the economy on the final patch note. It's weird too because we got we got those uh, quantum additions in the commodities surrounding repair refuel and rearm, and besides besides the fact that they did also say that after that update to the economy we would be seeing additional work to the quantum simulation every patch after that, but yeah they also yeah. didn't it, it sounds like they didn't really talk much about that in regards to trade either during the patch notes when that changed because that was really just a change for us using the services rather than the commodities surrounding the the services themselves right yeah and like also to go back to that when they added the whole quantum thing for like you know refuel repair all that um i actually took a starfare out and visited every single location multiple times to get the prices like price per like a fuel tank on a starfare because there's no real standard unit of measurement, but I could use that as a standard unit of measurement. And uh, it turns out there were only two prices for each type of fuel. There was either a in-demand price or a not-in-demand price. So it was actually a very binary system oh, hey. for, for a first foray. Why do you think that is? Like, if you just had to spitball an idea of why the quantum economy really hasn't taken any sort of hold... Uh, a lot of people were hoping that this patch with the whole C coming in might be finally the time that people start to see that stuff. But the patch has come and not quite gone, but I think we got a pretty good idea of what's included there. It's not looking like there's going to be anything major changing, as you've said. Yeah, and I mean, this is just all conjecture. You know, don't don't put any weight to my words, but... um the best thing I could come up with is having to lay the groundwork and throwing something in just to make sure it works. The thing doesn't actually have to be viable. They just have to make sure it works and they'll come back to it later. But 
you know, with all the focus on Squadron 42 and, you know, all the all the personnel being more devoted to that instead of the PU, basically it seems like they're getting systems into work and then saying they'll come back to it later. So that's the best thing I can come up with, making sure that the, the groundwork is there, they've laid a foundation, and they'll build the house sometime later. Far, far later. Much later. <laughs> yeah. So when do you when would be your hope that we might start seeing some additions to this trade economy, some improvements to that gameplay? I mean, you know, I would like to say now. I've only been waiting <clears throat> nine years. But um I would like to see honestly some with Pyro. Um I know Pyro itself is not an economically advantaged system, like that's the whole point of it. But it would give us a secondary system and instead of, you know, trading from Pyro, bringing stuff to Pyro would be nice to see. Yeah. Um I mean, honestly, you can just rename some stuff, add a few zeros and I would I would be good. Like we don't really need a lot to see an update to the trade economy. We just need to see things that are not so linear. Right. And you know, that's, that's been the problem since 3.6 is just, well, I've got this money. So I trade this until I get this much money. And then I trade that. And that's what I do. There's been no reason to really adjust anything else. And so the, the problem really is that everything is a straightforward trade and there's no actual, there's no value to the things based on their location yeah like everything is like every every commodity we have right now basically just has like a placeholder name and an arbitrary value like okay astatine you know you can buy boatloads of the stuff off of like Eda and 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 go sell it astatine is like one of the rarest naturally forming things on earth like all the astatine in the world, I think, right now could basically fit into the palm of my hand. But uh, I can go fill up a caterpillar with it every 10 minutes. You know, so it's just like a lot of the things we have in the game are just commodity A, commodity B right. with value C. Yeah. Okay. I see. So it doesn't even feel like you're really living in the world that these materials exist in. Yeah, exactly. Like it's basically like when you have a system that you can go participate in, but in all honesty, we're playing pretend. None of this affects anything. It's just, here, man, you can go truck. So would you say that it's worth it for people to do this for gameplay? It, with the state that it's in and the fact that it doesn't look like they're really adding much to it, is it worth it for folks to still be excited about possibly trading things or finding trade routes that are specific to what they want to do in 3.20? Now, okay, as much as I have, I have ragged on it, it's still worth it. Um, it's, it's definitely still worth it. Um, the finding of the trade routes thing, basically, like, if you're, if you're fresh to it, once you've done your initial research and put boots on the ground and actually done it a few times and found out what works for you or what's comfortable for you, then that's pretty much it. Like, you don't have to do that anymore. The actual act of hauling is still fun. Like, you know, I, I do it every day despite my complaints like i do it every day and still enjoy it like it is both enjoyable it's it's refreshing in a Why? way which it's it's somehow comfortable yet different at the same time you're doing the same thing but it's a little bit different each time you still have to pay attention just a little bit but 
you can still kind of sit back and relax. Like you still got to land, you got to touch down without blowing up your massive hauler in a super <laughs> tiny hangar. The part I'm not you always like, yeah, you, and you, you do the thing where like you get back to the seat and you're going to be nine times out of 10 at a place where nobody is going to pirate you. And yet you're still going to pop a scan to make sure the horizon is clear and still, and still kind of look out, even though you may not have met somebody for weeks now. You still have that, well, it could happen today. Now, all that goes out the door if you go to SMO18 right now, which is basically discount legal jump town. But, uh, yeah, like it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's a routine, but there's enough wiggle room inside that routine to give you, to give you freeform you know, gameplay. And what you're talking about with... Um it kind of being almost monotonous in that you do it nine times out of 10, you're good. That one time you get like an attack, right? I, I feel like when it comes to making cargo missions or cargo gameplay uh, around hauling for this game, it's got to come back to this super close balance of making sure that haulers are kind of always paying attention, feeling like they're at risk and wanting to maybe hire an escort based on where you might be. You know, you might be hauling from one planet to another in Stanton and not feel that's necessary. But like if you're going through Pyro, make it feel like you need to have an escort, but also don't make it so that if you have an escort, suddenly you're getting attacked, right? It's like that escort might also just not have any combat to do. And finding that balance of creating dangerous enough paths to put traders on edge, maybe lead to an escort getting combat, maybe not. And also making sure everybody gets paid and feels like the time they spent was worth it is like makes cargo hauling missions really, really challenging to make. Do you think that they can balance that well with what they've explained so far? I mean, I, I think they can. Honestly, I think we have a good example of it right now. Um, so it's baby steps. But OK, if you're trading literally anywhere else besides SMO 18 on Microtech, your chance of running into someone is slim. Like you might run into a pirate or someone just looking to blow you up, you know, on Eda. But I would say your chance of that is like arbitrarily 3%. So while it might be nice to bring like a friend, an escort, or at least just a turret gunner, most of the time you go there, that's not going to happen. Like you can trade and be fairly undisturbed. Now, if you're going to SMO 18 and you're trying to grab gold, like right now, that is a hot spot for every kind of action. If you want to get out, you bring friends. And I mean multiple friends. You're going to make a lot of money with that gold, slightly less after you've you know paid your friends. But you're going to get in. You're going to buy it. But if you want to leave without getting a torpedo or just blown up so someone else could take your gold, you need to bring friends. And it's been like that long enough now that most of the populace knows that realistically they should bring protection if they want to get out. And I think we need more stuff like that. Now, not to the point where it gets so diluted, like when they opened up all the other, you know, drug locations that it's so spread thin that you can get in and get out because people are looking everywhere. But yeah. if we could just have one or two places like that in, in each system, where it's that high risk, high reward, discount jump town gameplay. That would be great. And then if you wanted to do the whole NPC pirate thing, just have like 
security ratings like oh this outpost you know has like medium pirate traveler or whatever and just have that percentage chance of npcs showing up you know obviously npcs that are capable and not just there to take up your comm screen but ones that could actually do damage or or blow you up Mm -hmm. if we could just have a system like that where bringing on a friend is is more more viable and also a profit margin where I can still pay them, then yeah, like that's all they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that last part is really key is like trying to figure out the balance of, of what people should be making off of these cargo trips. I mean, if you're going through a, a, a process like you're describing where you know that 10 out of 10 times you're going to get attacked, then obviously it would be a little bit more expensive to run that route. Yeah, like, I mean, I'll, I'll go down to SMO 18 just for fun to see what happens. You know, if I lose the cargo, I lose the cargo. But if I'm actually looking to get out, I'll bring friends. And it's so fun, too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very exciting gameplay. And I wish I could get that in more places. Like, I, the best trading gameplay I have had has been there. Most of the time when I'm losing the cargo. But it's still been phenomenal. I think that's important that kind of some of these events that they're making the gosh, what is it? Um, they just started talking about it. The data heist mission is one of these ghost hollow is another one of these, these missions that's kind of start because somebody has arrived and done something and it, and it spurs other people to get involved. I'm, I'm excited to see how they incorporate that style of mission into cargo hauling. Because those feel like the real dynamic events they used to talk about, right? Something that has changed or happens because of the in-game conditions. Using that to make something like the cargo hauling that we're talking about work would be very cool. Yeah, like it would be great. Like we we need some sort of event. And honestly, I, I feel like you could retool the whole lockdown event. Oh, what was that called? Um, Nine Tails lockdown. Block- yeah, like the Nine Tails blockades. Yeah. Like. You could just retool that, especially now, because, you know, the medical supplies, one, as a, as a hauler, you're going to make a ton of money. But if I can blow that ship up, take that cargo without, you know, getting blown up myself and take it somewhere else and make that profit, that works, too. Like, if we could just see that. And I think I think Ninetales lockdown will actually be better now that we have the new cargo systems. And they did say that they were, I think they were either replacing it or reworking it with another, uh, they have another dynamic event coming on, but I'm pretty sure they said in the monthly report that they've got work they're putting into Ninetales Lockdown to change it to something else. I think they have something called Blockade Runner coming up. Hey, that'll be nice to see. Like, I I hope it's more even because like it is way more punishing as a, as a criminal player than anything else. But yeah, that'll, that'll be nice to see. Well, there's another thing that cargo is going to benefit from a lot too is reputation like we don't have any way of knowing who it is that we're working with or working against and we can't side with factions yet because the reputation is is lacking is that something that you've ever thought would have a big hand in cargo hauling or trading i i would love to see it actually have you know a big hand in it because like okay let's say you spend a lot of time trading between certain companies like if you could get your rep up, where you get like you know discounts or or extra profit. Like if they're going to pay slightly more because you're a you know a, a reliable hauler or just 
frequent customer, then they could actually make it more worthwhile to trade some of these trash commodities because, you know, tungsten, the, the other lower things we have, like if you could get percentage off those prices, like individually, like in a small hauler, that's not going to be much. But if I can get 5% off the price with like a whole C's worth, you know, if I could just keep gaining my rep, then that would give us reasons to invest in either certain types of commodities for, for certain clients or um, just, just other runs where it's like, yeah, I've built my rep up with example, titanium company, you know, I'm making more with titanium with this increased rep than I could with something that without that rep would be a higher profit, but would be more dangerous, you know, and one, it would be a guaranteed route that you could keep doing. So yeah, I would love to see rep come in and actually affect what you could make and give us reasons to go. Yeah. I like this company. Well, I like these guys and yeah, you know, kind of separate a lot of the glut you see and like everything going to one place. And it's like all of the types of skills that you would see in a normal RPG, like, oh, get get this many points. I'm going to start pulling examples from Starfield because it's a space RPG that just came out. Like, get this many points and you'll be able to craft um, items of this level of rarity. That's something yeah. you could easily block behind reputation to say, well, you don't have access to the facilities to craft that kind of item. You gain your reputation with this group. Suddenly you can. And going Exactly. Going towards what you said about the commodities, what if also your uh, your storage fees or your hangar landing fees were decreased at space stations owned by a faction that likes you? Like you could base your exactly. entire business around that. And like that would that would be great. Like I would love to see that. And like I'm, I'm sure they have something planned for it, but we won't see that for you know years. But that that is my ideal thing to see something like that. And then, you know, if we actually see stations, like station ownership changing hands, like if I show up and I'm good with Shubin, but suddenly, you know, it's been bought out by, I don't know, example companies like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to trade here anymore unless I get in good with these guys. So my profits are going to be, be terrible. Like I want to see, I want to see changing hauling gameplay. I want to see reasons to get comfortable with a run but need to change it up because of, you know, comings and goings and different power struggles within commercial interests. Right. Yeah. Cause we have 10% of the ability to change this economy. Right. So with that kind of, we're not going player controlled in the economy. It, it, it's really going to help the game. If the company can then create this sort of changing and dynamic market to keep trading interesting. Because if maybe the trading itself isn't super interesting, buying something, selling something, maybe hiring somebody else to truck it or trucking it yourself might be not the most interesting thing. But if it changes every week or every month based on things completely out of your control, based on some kind of missions or conflicts not getting answered and war becoming a bigger thing in that system, I feel like that, that's what could really make that sort of gameplay shine. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I want to see. I I want to see. I just want to see some variety, you know. Like I don't yeah. care how it gets dressed up. I just want to see that. And um, like I understand it takes a while, but I feel like the love we get is very few and far between when it comes to that. What about the 
less thought about part of of this kind of gameplay which i think is the, the part that takes place in the hangar the loading the unloading the buying the selling as of right now they've gotten us into a position where they're starting to warm us up to that we can see the the loading timer with the whole c um and we've seen some leaked inventory showing that there will be like workers that you have to pay in a certain amount of time it'll take for them to load your ship it's going to be physicalized with tractor beams and all that stuff what is your take on that whole sort of busybody uh, segment of cargo hauling in this game? Is it is it too much? Do you think that they might mess it up, or is it headed in the direction that you really like? I think it's going to be slightly more simplified once we get it. Um, like we're still going to have the the cargo loading, and we'll probably have like the option to pay more to get it loaded faster. But I can almost guarantee that physically watching NPCs loaded up is going to go out the door. Um, Star Citizen and NPCs don't exactly have a have a very <laughs> um, oh, best friends <laughs> healthy relationship. I mean, you know, they've been t posing on chairs for years. I I hope someone cosplays as a t posing NPC on a chair at CitizenCon, but. Um, I feel like having to force cargo gameplay to rely on an NPC physically working is something that they might initially explore and then throw out and then just do the guys listen, like depending on what you pay, it'll load faster. There's not going to be actual NPCs. There might be NPCs walking around, but I guarantee you they're not going to have an NPC physically loading your ship because every ship is different. Um, the way you load every ship is going to be different. And uh, like, I, I don't know if you've looked like the way the Caterpillar is loaded now with the new boxes. Um, but you get a couple of 24 SCU boxes, some 16 SCU boxes, a couple of fours, and then just a whole bunch of twos all in there. And um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to have NPCs working that um well that workflow in a way that's going to work especially when the servers start getting bad like if i have to wait for a, an npc to stop t-posing to finish loading cargo I'll, I'll do it myself i'll do it so myself you, so so you think that they're going to stick to the boxes just popping into ships and and kind of just say be gone with immersion this is one that we're have to gonna we're gonna have to cut a corner yeah, I mean, like, okay, I don't have a problem with it. I understand others might have a problem with it, but I don't need the immersion of watching an NPC doing it. I'm okay with it popping in, and um, honestly, it would just save a ton when it comes to coding, I think. And now, like, you know, loading it myself, that would be fine, because, one, that's, that's, that's cheap. I mean, technically, it should be free. Um, like, you know, if, if players want to do it, I'm sure they're still going to have that option because one, you don't have to code players. You know, players might be idiots on occasion. I know yeah, I've done a lot of idiotic them, things. Yeah, almost as frustrating. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you don't have to code it. You know, you can you can communicate and have friends doing it. You don't have to worry about coding that. That's that's content that players make. They don't have to worry about making any of that. And then if you don't want to load it, cargo timer. You know, you can still sit in the hangar. I'm sure there'll be someone walking around with tractor beams, but that would save them so much work for something that doesn't really, I feel like, add a lot to the game.
That's fair. I think you make a good point with the whole NPCs doing it on their end. Um, the most important part has always been that they want players to be able to do it so you can load ships how you want and the whole the mass and the distribution of it all. Um, but yeah, that is a that is a good point. Because like, I don't I don't know if you've got to mess with a whole sea a whole lot, but um, the way that you actually load up now, you have to undock and then call this new cargo ATC. Right. Which is and, very frustrating at times. Yes. Yeah, very frustrating. Um, you know, they have you park in the little the little box. And half the time it's, oh, there's something in the area. Could you could you come to a stop? And like, lady, I'm I'm stopped. Yeah. No one's around. Please work. And just having having this gameplay gate kept behind an NPC that doesn't work half the time is is so frustrating and hopefully they don't add more to that because it's it's just well atc is something that's going to have to work well cuz uh yeah if you want to land you're going to have to work through them but i i do think that's something that we'll lose as the game gets more stable the idea yeah, and like... the idea that the cargo loading could be something that's too much at least on the npc side though is is almost like a design sort of thing and i do wonder how much there's going to be pushback you know we see with certain things like death of a spaceman when uh they started to incorporate medical stuff or the inventories when they started to separate inventories and not let you have a great big bag of carrying everything we'll see it when control surfaces come in um we will see it when the physical loading starts to come more online like a lot of newer players don't know this stuff is planned do you think that the whole idea of physical loading is going to survive the initial reaction? I mean, like, in a way, like, the thing with Star Citizen is we see so many concepts that get changed so much between concept phase and actual, you know, release to game phase. And, I mean, every game has that. You just, you don't get to usually see that. You know, Star Citizen, the development or, you know, knowledge of development is in reverse. We get to know about ideas once they're drawn on napkins. Usually other game companies refine the idea and get it working before they tell you about it. And, you know, it's nice to be on the early phase, but um, it can be frustrating at times. And, yeah, like for new players coming in, it's like, oh, you know, we're going to get this, this and this. Like, well. You know, actually, we've we've had this before, and they've iterated on it, and they've had to change to other things. And just like you know, especially with the death of a spaceman, yeah. You know, are we really sticking to that whole? Eventually, my character dies, and I have to make his cousin, and then you know, he gets some stuff because nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be like, oh, well, I'm playing my my aunt twice removed or I, I something like, like that. Yeah, you wanna yeah, I, you wanna I, do that? I don't think. I, I don't think that it changes anything really that much. You know, if you wanted to, you could probably make another character that looks the same as your old one. But I, I like the context that it does give to life in the game. I mean, that's fair. Just, you know, some people have that idea. It's like, I'm going to play, you know, Spaceman Jones and I will never die. His legacy will go forever. Well... They better be pretty good then. 
I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but I also but, don't see it as something that's going to happen every week, you know? Like, I think you, if, if you are careful about it, you can probably avoid going through a character in less than a year. You know, I, uh, I told myself that once we started getting the whole, <clears throat> like the whole medical gameplay and like waking up in a hospital and stuff. And uh, I think I blew myself up in the first hour after that. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna want to have a couple extra insurance policies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my insurance has to be real good, well, real good. I I get in also, some idiotic situations. That's also a thing they've mentioned with that though, is that you'll have ways to earn lives back and to help to prolong your stuff. So I I, I just see it as basically another place where you can invest your time and money. It's a, it's another sink, another choice that you have on what's most important to you. Is it having the best ship components or is it maintaining your character the longest i mean that's that's fair that's fair and you know like with with the whole we've got the whole regeneration system now i feel like that kind of changes how death of a spaceman is going to work because like if i can just 3d print my own body again like can i just live forever does that throw out the whole like passing stuff on to other people Yeah, I mean, it, the details around it, they're going to have a lot of fun, I think, figuring out. Like, is there really a point to, like, whacking this guy for the Space Mafia? If he can just if he could just 3D print himself again? Like, are we just trying to run his bank account out so he can't print himself? Basically, yeah. Is this, is this going to be like, that mil- like the sixth day where it's like a million dollars to print it's one just guy? Fraud with less steps. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Exactly. Like, does insurance even work anymore? Like, is life insurance a thing in space? But it still has the 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 weight behind it. I mean, it's diminished because they can die multiple times or whatever. But if the if the actual like if they acknowledge it as an NPC, that's one of the things that I liked about was the Shadow of Mordor um, games. Yeah, the guys could just come back to life as these weird extra put together monsters. But the fact that they would come back and recognize you and talk to you like like something had happened, I think that's worth it on its own. Oh, yeah. Like that was a great system. That was amazing. I mean, it was like the whole like, you know, oh, I somehow survived and now I'm going to make it your problem. Yeah, that's that's great. (laughs) Thank you. But uh you know, I, w- I would like to see that. You know, more on the more on the NPC side. It seems to really it seems the whole coming back only seems to really apply to players right now. But again, <clears throat> alpha. Yeah, everything only applies to players because server meshing hopefully has not been able to make NPCs realistic characters in the game yet for anything. I mean, they finally got out of the chairs. That was a massive evolutionary step for NPCs. Oh, they'll be back. They'll be back. They always they find their way out temporarily, but they always come back. That is true. Okay, so how about we talk about the changes? I want to I wanna take into account the stuff that happened with 318 since we didn't get to talk about that before. Um, yeah, yeah. Overall, what do you think of the way that these cargo refactor is progressing from having the ability to actually move and take boxes off of ships in 318 to now having the different sized cargo ships or or cargo boxes. Um, And I guess with obviously the foreknowledge that tractor beams are coming in a bigger way, probably in the following patch after 3.20, 
What are your thoughts on the way that they are moving through cargo functionality right now? Personally, okay. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the, like the timeline part because I know they have different teams they have to you know pull from and whatnot. But like as far as the iteration, I I love it. I think they've done an excellent job with it. Um, being able to move the boxes from one ship to another has been absolutely phenomenal for hauling gameplay. Now, nine times out of ten, if you're just doing regular trade, you're not going to touch it at all right now. But, um, okay, so I'm, I'm going to use this as an example, just just right quick. Uh, the other day, I was hauling, um, and I got pirated. And I, I, I paid the pirate off, yada, 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 but I was in a crap ton of combat. My ship was beat up. This thing is limping. Like, ideally, I should not be trying to put it anywhere near where it has to touch land. Um, then I had a second pirate who was actually there to pirate the other pirate, but somehow wound up on my ship. So I had a weird pirate turducken situation. Anyway, he winds up on my ship. We deal with each other aggressively. Um, but again, ship is messed up. I'm pulling it into the station. My engines give out. I slam into the back of the station. Ship explodes. Now, the cool thing is that I can take those boxes off the ship that has now exploded. And it takes forever, but I can unload them, get another ship in there, and, and load them up. And, you know, like the ship might not survive, but the cargo sure can. And that is amazing. That is phenomenal that... If I run into that situation or anything where the ship has to be, you know, left behind, the cargo can still be moved, recovered, stolen, salvaged, anything else. And like for piracy, they haven't really had a lot of options because they're one SCU crates. So, you know, you could maybe make money pirating someone with barrel, but gold's really where it's at. Because uh, moving one SCU boxes of titanium is just not worth it. But yeah, now that we've forever. got exactly now that we've got larger crates, one that's gotta save some some server load. Because uh, you know the C two is six hundred ninety six boxes. That's a lot versus like twelve. You know, um, that's that's bad math. But like now that we've actually got these larger boxes, one that opens up so much more for piracy where it's like, wow, you know what? This is fluorine, but it's going to take us all of five minutes to move it. And I no longer need an entire loading team or like, Oh, here's some nice logistical issues. This is a 32 SCU box, but my ship can only hold 14. Do I, do I have a friend? (laughs) Yeah. Do I have a friend I can call like, Hey, I've got this nice score. Uh, You've got a big ship. I don't, can I get you over here? And it's just, it's really nice to see one, for ease of loading and unloading and just all other types of gameplay. And I have been really excited about it. And um, I know they're going to probably, in a later patch, have like a a tractor beam rifle or some sort of tractor beam thing for the larger boxes. But for now, they're letting us move everything with a multi-tool, which is is great. Maybe we'll get like a a tractor beam mule that they'll sell us for $75 to move the 32 SCU boxes. But I um, keep saying a rock DS with a tractor beam would be a great, great vehicle. You know, if they put like a tractor beam on top of it, like a turret, then uh, I would 
hate it, but I would wait till it came in game and bought one. Yeah. And, uh, or, you know, just like a little, little forklift. Like if they would attach a tractor beam turret to an Argo cargo, I would buy that. I would buy the crap out of that. Well, that's a little space. For- that's what it's for. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, it's only got those two SCU boxes it can hold on the back. But if they put a little tractor beam mount, a little turret, I'm oh, sold. No, that, that thing is, is actually a, a like it, it goes with the Hull C. Because the Argo Cargo is meant to be a little tug that has a tractor beam on it that can carry 32 SU boxes and plop them onto a whole C. See, this whole time, I thought it was just for the two SU boxes in the back. That's That makes a lot more sense. Hopefully they yeah, actually update that. Limiting its use just a little bit. But yeah, yeah. That's, and that's going to be the case. I mean, this idea of physicalized cargo holding changes the hierarchy of ships the nomad is such a valuable ship when that comes online when they get their ship tractor beams and when you need ship exactly. tractor beams to move those larger boxes that becomes an incredibly valuable ship and like the whole idea behind how cargo is being handled in this game sort of changes how that works and also how piracy works like you were saying earlier if you take down a whole sea and it's got 32 su boxes of gold you want that gold it's so much but you also have to set up like a semi-permanent operation to figure out how you're going to exfiltrate it while keeping it safe and making sure to defend against the folks coming back to try and get it. That's entirely different from a game where you can blow up a ship and then loot it by hitting a button when you walk up to the or go up to the cargo boxes and it changes yeah. the gameplay. And it's just it's it's really nice to see like I'm going to it's kind of sad for the caterpillar since it can't hold the 32 SCU boxes but um you know, at the same time, you can also do the whole, well, if I fly this ship, it has a crap ton of very small boxes. Maybe people will be too lazy to deal with that. And maybe I can maybe I can get by on someone's laziness, too. Just purposely load your ship with only one SCU boxes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I actually, okay, so I haven't tried it with, um, I haven't tried it like with ground-based ships yet. But um, I did try buying 64 SCU of whatever for whole seas one scu transaction at a time and sadly it went ahead and packaged it up as two 32 scu boxes um but yeah i'm gonna go back and try it with a land-based one to see if i can just do a transaction one scu one scu and like and if you just hate people that much if you want to be that much of a (laughs) jerk just make 600 transactions it's like all right you can pirate it but uh hopefully the server lasts as long as you do Unfortunately, you also have to deal with time and probably the hurting thumb after pressing the button so many times. Whatever button your finger you're using to yeah. press that button. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a long wait. I I would not suggest doing it. It's 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 one of those like you can test it to see if it works, but why would you ever do it? Why would you? The ultimate question. Send your uh, responses to Jack Axton's email. Make sure to. Tag him specifically on that one. Hey, I'll take it. So, uh, the, the, the changes have been going pretty well, as it sounds like you're saying, when it comes to the cargo refactor. We clearly have plenty more to go. Uh, it, this has been split up into multiple different updates. The next stuff that we're looking at is, would you, do you think it's going to be a combination of like the freight elevators and tractor beams, or what do you think is the next step for the cargo refactor? I, I, I feel like you're right there. Like it has to be one, the tractor beams, which 
I understand them not wanting the multi-tool to be able to do everything when it comes to super huge boxes. Like I, I get it, like having a dedicated item or, you know, a little space forklift. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the elevators, um, having a situation, no, you know, it goes back to like the whole loading and unloading, doing it yourself, putting it on your team. Um, and then obviously adjusting profits to, to match, but, uh, yeah, I, I won, I want to see more use for hangers. I want to see cargo elevators come in and I want a reason for the cargo decks on orbital stations to be in the game. Honestly, that's, that's the thing I want the most. They made yeah. those forever ago, like what? three twelve, three thirteen. They had no, yeah, they had no gameplay whatsoever. And now that we have cargo loading at, at stations, they're still not used. I have literally no reason to go there. Like they should just move the trade kiosks to the cargo decks just so I have a reason to go. Yeah. Because why is it in the admin center? Exactly. Like what is that? Why, why are they buying and selling? Like they are purely administrative work. Like move the trade kiosks that involve cargo to the cargo deck. See, that's, again, another thing where they probably have something that they're going to do, a big changeover that they have planned, and they don't want to do the little things in the meantime, and rather just do it all at once. But I'm in agreement with you. I mean, you would think that we would have docking ports and hangars in the cargo deck, specifically for commercial cargo ships you know the whole sea's coming in as a commercial cargo ship the next that thing would i would expect so much stuff why is that okay so have you have you done a lot of trading in the whole sea yet no okay let me if if i can if i can if i can deviate right quick if i can give you a quick rundown on how it works all right all right so you're in your whole sea. You show up to a station. You dock. You go inside. You have to store the ship to buy or sell cargo. So you store the ship, take the elevator down to, to admin. You buy your cargo. You go back out. You spawn your ship. Detach or, you know, undock. Then fly to a, a, a random space near the cargo area. And then they load up your ship. And you got to wait, you know, five minutes or whatever. Um, you want to you wanna sell and then buy at the same place, you have to double that. You have to dock, store, go down, sell, pull it back out, go to the area, let it unload, redock, store the ship, buy again, come back out, spawn the ship, go back, let it load up. You can't, you have to double it up. And it's so needlessly tedious. Yeah. And someone pointed out a good a good like a point that the reason that it's done like this instead of them like loading or unloading while it's stored which i think would be the best way to do it was that it helps the server load entities that way it's not loading you know a few dozen boxes at once um you know it's doing it one at a time and i i get that that's a great point and then it was brought up hey why don't they just load it while it's at the docking port and that would be great except for some reason some strange reason, CIG designed all the orbital stations, which are literally the focal point 
of space traffic for a city to only have two docking ports each. Yeah. So there's no, you know, like having that take up five, ten minutes doesn't make sense. But if we took like like what you said and we had dedicated docking ports at the cargo deck, so it's like ten ports per station specifically for the cargo decks, then you could just do the whole the dock, go right inside to the cargo deck, buy or sell, and while it's loading or unloading, while still attached to the docking port, you could just go about the station, buy stuff, treat yeah. it like a truck stop. That would be amazing. That would be phenomenal. And that way you could still have the whole, like, you know, not assaulting the server with entities loading at the same time and still have the same the same process, essentially. Well, that is how the spaceships are built. They're all modular. We've got our security deck, our cargo deck, our refinery deck, and our regular position. I feel like every one of those different decks should have their own landing services because you're going to have bounty hunters coming in just in the security section. You're going to have miners coming in just in the refinery, cargo haulers coming in just from cargo, and then you have the regular people who are stopping off for little breaks coming into the normal rest and relax area. And it, it is kind of frustrating that we haven't heard talk about doing something like that specifically with the stations when we also simultaneously hear about how these stations do have these modules. I mean... Port Olisar is being removed so that Seraphim Station can come with these modules, but they're still not really defining these modules, even from a design perspective for us. Yeah, and I just... I feel like there's a lot of... Um, I, I feel like with, with this type of gameplay, too, or just adding these things in, they've designed the cart long before the horse has evolved like still a donkey yeah not even that it's some sort of you know like primordial uh, like <laughs> rat monkey that's running around trying to avoid dinosaurs and they go okay let's let's design the cart for that and then by the time they get the cart built it's it's badger sized and then they redesign the cart and then it's one of those giant Australian sloth things, and then they redesign the car, and then and then it's a horse, and it's just, yeah, like they they're designing the ships and the set pieces long before they've actually got the gameplay designed, and then realize that the system they have, while it technically works, barely works for the system. Yeah, I think they were they got trapped into. Um, there are some things that that really are questionably made like that. The cargo decks are one of them. Those, I think, those maybe have been planned back when they thought that the cargo refactor would happen a lot earlier, possibly maybe even before they they thought they would need uh, server meshing to be there or persistent entity streaming to be there at the same time as the cargo refactor. So maybe yeah. they put those locations in early, but. They do have this problem of needing to put the cart before the horse because the cart is what funded the development of that horse, you know? I mean, that is true. Like, the cart's nice. It's got that bass boat glittery, you know, pinstriping to it. And, like, you got to sell the cart. Like, got sparkles. Selling the cart. Yeah, it definitely has the sparkles, the sound system. Oh, you know, the whole sea. I mean, they had that. I mean, that thing was essentially, okay, design-wise, like, it was out of white box and, and getting, you know, like, final details. Now, physically, it's not, you know, for the whole spindle transformation stuff. But uh, 
No, that, that, they had that thing ready to go pretty much like in late 2018, 2019. Yeah, yeah we had footage. And, yeah, like, you know, they had to sit and, and dust and wait for forever for all the other technologies that needed, which is, you know, no fault of its own or CIGs. Like they had to do everything by hand. But yeah, like they just, like they've got to sell the cart and they need a picture of the cart. But the cart's supposed to be designed for the hordes. And that's, I don't, I don't know if there's a solution to that. Like yes. that's maybe just something they have to grit and deal with and, and rework. Yeah. And I think the biggest example of that's going to be watching engineering gameplay get applied to every ship slowly over the course of the next several years. Honestly, if they would just steal the gameplay from Pulsar Lost Colony, then then engineering would be 100% ready to go. It would be phenomenal. If only. If only it was so easy. All right. How about the other form of transportation? You know what I'm talking about? We talk in uh, we talk in the cargo that complains, passengers. The cargo that complains, everybody's favorite. What about personnel transport? Where do you think they are with that? <clears throat> probably back on the napkin. I say that they 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 probably have things designed for it, um, but that's probably waiting on a lot of those technologies, you know, like server meshing and everything else that requires you to have an NPC that works that is able to get on and off of your ship. Um, Cause they can't, they can't just do what elite dangerous does where your passenger is literally just a cargo box with a different name tag that occasionally types something in chat. Like you can see the interior of your ship in star citizens. That's going to require like one seeing the passengers, watching them like do actual animations and whatnot. And, I know we had it. We almost had it, and then they had to take it off of uh, one of the patches. Yeah, we haven't really seen anything on it since. So there's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of technology that is gatekeeping that type of gameplay from us for a while, which makes me sad, but it can't be helped because I'm I'm actually super excited for passenger gameplay. Um, I've got an E1 spirit that I cannot wait to make people throw up in <laughs> that is that is actually gameplay i was hoping we might see this year and they just have not talked about it at all which is kind of disappointing i thought maybe it would be coming with the e1 is that your 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 go-to personnel transport ship yeah i mean you know it's small it's it's fast it's light like the genesis i mean we've only got really two dedicated passenger ships like the e1 and the genesis and I've got a sneaking suspicion that the Genesis is going to become a reworked C2 with, um, you know, just passenger setup down below, which is fine. Like, you know, one, the original Genesis does not fit the, uh, the Crusader brand. You think they'll make it like a C2 rather than just reworking the Genesis into the, uh, the, the new branding of Crusader? I mean, I feel like they'll take a lot of inspiration. Like they'll initially build off the C two. Not it won't just be like a like a variant, or it's just you know the exact same build with the interior swapped. But I mean, like if you look at the C two, like you've got your engineering and and crew deck on top, and then a bunch of space down below that could very 
easily be a very large passenger module. You know, like you add some displays for windows because it technically can't get out to where the windows are or, or even swap it, put the passenger area up top and then like, you know, crew decks below so they can get a nice passenger view, rework the, the whole very oh so slightly. And I think it would work. I wouldn't be upset about it. That'd be beautiful. Hmm. Well, as somebody is pointing out in, in, in chat, there are a couple of, I think, variations or, or variants of the Genesis Starliner as well. I think there's one called the, is it the Hurricane? No, the Jupiter, Jupiter Starliner, I believe, or, or something like that. So they might be stuck having to make a couple of different versions of it. I, I mean, that's, love, that's fair too. I would love to see that old design brought up to Crusader styles because the old design still looks pretty cool and unique. Yes, it's beautiful. Like it's it has that that like 1950s retro futuristic brushed metal look to it. Mm -hmm. You expect to see something like on a on a on a poster. It's quite majestic. You know? Yeah, like it's got that kind of like discount rocketeer look. <laughs> the dollar store dollar store origin. Yeah, I mean, you know, not even not even dollar store. I'm gonna say like the twelve dollar store. You Ooh. know the, you know it's not the same, but it was definitely in the same store before it's it got like a, sent to the discount store. It's like a good pack of socks, maybe a, a shirt at the outlet. Ooh, that sounds nice. <laughs> so you are an E1 man, and you will be doing passenger transport as well as the cargo stuff. Oh yeah, I mean. Basically, as long as I can transport it, I'll try to move it. Okay. And do you think that we'll hear about any of those things getting a significant update at CitizenCon? Mm. I, I would love to be hopeful. I would really love to be hopeful. Um, I would like to see a whole new gameplay type come online with whatever we're getting at CitizenCon and... You know what? Why not? Let's gamble. I'm going to say yes. Why not? Because okay. they had it on the cards. They took it out. So that means they've at least done some sort of work on it. And, you know, if we get pyro and it's like, hey, guess what? Um, not only do we have pyro, but now we have people who want to go there and they're going to need your help. If we could get that, then that would be great. And honestly, they could fake it. I wouldn't even care. If it was a whole, like, if I had to go to a terminal and say, you know, oh, there's these passenger, like, you know, passenger missions, people looking for, for stuff, and then they just appear in my ship before I get to the ship, and then just reverse once I get there, I'd be fine with that. Like, they don't have to walk on and off. Like, I, I would be fine with that system. Like, Unfortunately, I don't know if they, they, if they feel like putting in gameplay systems like that anymore. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's just, this is just me, one person, you know, it's just and what I want tomato. Don't, don't shoot it. Yeah. Down. Like you don't even have to agree with me. Like I get it. Like I get that some people want to be able to even talk to these dudes. Like, hi, um, to make could you, custom drinks. Yeah. I was like, could you get me to Lorville please? And then like, you know, watch them walk onto the ship and then sit down and like that, that would be great. Like ideally in a perfect world, where NPCs don't T-pose on chairs, that would be phenomenal. And then just hearing all that little chitter-chatter in the background, and the sighs and drinks clinking and whatnot, like while you're getting them there, oh that my would gosh. be beautiful. That would be so much. 
but yeah, like I, I, I hope we see something about that at CitizenCon because one, it's the perfect venue to announce, you know, a new gameplay type. And I feel like it would be really in their interest to package that with a new system. I mean, I don't think they can really hold Pyro back anymore since we've had two citizen cons about it. Three, technically, if you count like the Carrick jumping to Pyro, yeah, when they throw the Carrick off. Yeah, I'll I'll say the passenger. You're talking specifically about passenger transport here, right? Yeah, yeah, but like you know, anything I can get, really. I would I would say. A design brief, at least, would be really nice to see on that. I mean, they gave us a design brief on investigation missions uh, just last CitizenCon, something that I would have figured we would have gotten into the game within six to eight months of them showing it. I'm actually quite surprised that we haven't heard anything else about those investigation missions. I think they came on and said a little bit about it um, during the mission segment with, um, with Elliot and some of the other mission features team people earlier this year, but I really would have expected those to be in game by the next CitizenCon. So assuming that personnel transport is no less than a year out, I would really like to see a design brief on it just to know kind of what we, we should be expecting. Yeah, it would, be, it would be great. I mean, we saw how long it took us to get salvage, but, you know, I... Yeah. I'd love to at least have some sort of timeline on it. I know timelines and CIG don't really oh, they love mesh. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, just... I feel like just so many things that get shown off. And then they kind of... They kind of lower the volume when they talk about the prerequisite technologies needed to make those things work. Like, okay, so... You know, we had Quantum years ago, like what, four years ago? Yeah. At, uh, you know, when the carrot got shown off. And they were talking about how great that's going to be for trade and everything else. And, you know, it's going to do all this stuff. And it wasn't just for trade, but that was a lot of the examples they used. And now, I think last month, they just announced that they have an economy team that they just put together an economy team. Mm -hmm. So what, and again, I, I could be wrong. So you're telling me that all the work that's been done has just been laying the foundation for quantum working. And now just now, four years later, we have people just now touching the economy. I don't, and, I don't think that's necessarily what they're saying. I think that the systemic services and tools team is shifting their priority a bit more towards economy because they were doing things outside of the economy as well. And it might just be that now that work has started to finish up. So they're yeah. more specializing the team. But I do think that they were still working on it. That's fair. And, you know, I'm not talking just like trade economy, but like ev everything, you know, as far as like sinks and like stuff to pay for and, and whatnot yeah. and you know like i understand that it takes a long time to lay that foundation but uh we're just we're just now getting some of these these things that go on top of the foundation to like tell us a little bit more like introduce us yeah to the economy team 
it, yeah, we really need an update on economy, no matter what is going on with that. That's something that I'm really looking forward to seeing at CitizenCon. There's been no confirmation that it will be there, but I don't think they could go another year without giving us something more substantial on the economy because that's holding back a lot of people. Like that, yeah, that's what like, half of our conversation today was about is just the idea of how the economy works and creates job opportunities for folks. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to CitizenCon, and I plan to ask if I can lots of annoying economy-based questions just to see if I can get any sort of clarification on those. Because um, I know we all want them, but uh, I just, I just want some answers. I just, I, I just want to know. I want to say, no, I want to know some things. You know, I will catch back up with you on that then after CitizenCon to see what they tell you. They'll probably ask who I am and then call security. But uh, hey, this guy's a you know, yeah, the worst I can do is try. It's like, oh, it's it's that guy. <laughs> what else besides this stuff are you really looking forward to seeing at CitizenCon or hoping shows up at CitizenCon? Well, you know, I'm sure we'll get some sort of brand new shiny straight to flyable ship. Um, <clears throat> ideally, a ship based on some new gameplay type we'll be getting. That would be that would be really cool to see, but um, finally getting access to Pyro. It's been a long road to Pyro. It's been a few times just turned into a dirt road, a couple of detours, getting turned around. But I would love to see that finally come out so we can focus on other things. And this is this is I'm aiming super lofty here. You can shoot me down. But I want to see an announcement about Squadron 42 coming out. Not two years from now, <laughs> but an actual date. Just because I would like to see all those things, all those resources, all those people redirected to the game that all of us actually bought. Because, I mean, I know a lot of people want to play Squadron 42, but when you go to the website, it really advertises Star Citizen all yep. those ships they have for sale on the pledge store are for star citizen like squadron 42 isn't even in the store anymore so i'm really really hoping that they happen to announce something some sort of tangible achievable date not the two years from now we've been told since 2014 because um, i remember like when i was at uh citizen con in 2018 you know, it was two years from then, and that's just, that's kind of been a, a repetition. But if we could just have those to get them out of the way and have resources dedicated to the PU, I, 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 I will buy Chris Roberts a cake. Yeah, that's if, the real. If that happens, it's the real elephant in the room with this development. Is the game that at this point can't even be bought that is taking up most of the resources that people think is going into Star Citizen. Uh, a little iffy and yeah i think i think their messaging surrounding that could be better but they also realize that they need that funding to keep coming to get squadron finished which if we're all lucky we'll end up meeting squadron then funds a lot of star citizen but their messaging is less clear about that than i think they should be and um i can understand why people come away being frustrated when they do find out that most of this process is going into squadron first even if it is coming to star citizen later obviously people aren't seeing that just yet and we've been being told this whole kind of new system has been functioning for i think over a year and a half now 
So folks are expecting those kinds of benefits to come from that change in the development style. And I think maybe server meshing has held them back, but folks are getting frustrated because of it. I do also hope that we hear something about Squadron at CitizenCon, but I don't know. I mean, like, I would love to see the the bedsheet deformation technology in Squadron 42 translate over to two-star citizen. That way I can fold my, my bedsheets in the Starfarer with, uh, with, with, you know, absolute fidelity. Starfarer's got great sheets. Yeah, yeah, it's got those cute little, uh, cute little, you know, star sheets with a little rocket ship. But uh, yeah, I just I want to see something on Squadron Forty Two just so it can get out of the way. Like I, I passed on the initial Kickstarter for Star Citizen because at the time it was Squadron Forty Two with a a small multiplayer module, and that multiplayer module grew into Star Citizen. But you know, like I didn't sign up for a single player game. Like I signed up to do some multiplayer stuff and irk people yeah. and, uh, you know, watching, like you said, watching it take up the bulk of the resources that have been initially acquired because they were selling star citizen has been frustrating. Yep. And that is a lot of people's key focus. Uh, I, I hope we do hear something about squadron this year though. It's about time. All right, Jack, thank you so much for joining me for the show today, man. Appreciate you coming on to talk about some cargo stuff and lament about the lack of, of progress towards your favorite gameplay. Is there anything you wanted to finish off with? Man, I can't think of anything, you know, too, too drastic. Like, I, I'm hopeful, like, the, the Hulsey initial, initial implementation is a little eh. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to build a few crappy houses before you get the, uh, the hang of building a really nice house. So <laughs> I'm disappointed, but I will, I will hang on and I have hope. I think, I think we'll get it turned around. So I, um, despite my whinging and whining, somehow I have faith they'll make it all right. So well, I think, I think will... that's everything I've got. We're gonna we're gonna see. Once 3.20 comes out, once CitizenCon hits, whatever they leave us with is I think what we can go forward expecting for the next year and a half from this game. Could be disappointing, could be exciting. Uh, but at this point, we have to assume that what they're not talking about is not coming anytime soon. So we'll see what comes of CitizenCon. We'll see what starts to happen after 3.20 goes live. But until then, Jack, if you could let folks know where they might be able to find your own content for some extra box enjoyment. Of course, I, I always appreciate the shout out. If you're interested in watching some cargo and hauling gameplay with the occasional pirate interaction thrown in, more often than not these days, you can find me at uh, YouTube, Jack Axton. And uh, that's it. That's all you can find me at is straight on YouTube, the red Twitch. That's not, that's not making things too hard. That's actually quite nice. One central location for all Jack goodness, YouTube. Because I'm lazy. <laughs> well, folks, I'd like to thank you all again for coming and joining. If you're watching this on YouTube or Twitch live, sometimes we do these live. You can come and get an idea of when that's going to happen, usually on Discord bef shortly beforehand, but also if you just watch the, the live stream. But you might also be listening to this on audio platforms. They are, this show is ad-free on any platform where you might get your audio podcasts. 
Um, and they're super easy to download. Don't trust me? Try it yourself. Download the last 10 episodes and listen to them on their next road trip. Promise you, you won't be, uh, you won't be disappointed. But anyways, I'd like to thank everybody for coming. Thank you all for hitting me up on the live stream. And uh, folks, this has been your launch sequence podcast. As always, looking at space game stuff. And I'll catch you all next week. Have a good one. <laughs>